Welcome to Parenting Decoded, a podcast for practical approaches to parenting. I'm Mary Eschen. One topic that never fails to come up when working with parents is the issue of screens, how to manage them, how to keep our kids safe, and how to keep a positive relationship in our homes during all of that. It's the last issue that I want to talk about today. Screens tend to divide our families. But what if we could find a way to bring our families together? to create a positive atmosphere in our homes that would help train us and our kids to manage our relationships with screens. Wouldn't that be worth considering? For those of you who have kids from preschool through elementary and peeking into middle school, this podcast is for you. You might have a few battles in your homes around screens right now, but the bad habits tend not to be as ingrained by the time our kids hit high school. I want you to meet Heath Wilson, founder, co-founder of Aro, a device and app to help build positive family relationships by training us to put down our phones, to connect, relax, and recharge together. It's not a dream. It can be a reality. Welcome, Heath. So glad to have you on the show today. I'd love for you to explain a bit about your device and your app and say welcome and all that kind of stuff. Um, you say that... Uh, your device and app makes it easy to put down and have fun with your family. Go, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us all about it? Well, hey, Mary, so thank you so much for having me. Um, probably, let me tell you a story before I jump into what RO is. So a lot of what RO is built upon is kind of a journey that I went through, a failure of recognition, of research, and then ultimately hope. That failure started with my own personal failures. <laughs> I, I was an entrepreneur. <laughs> I was on my phone too much, uh, much to the dismay of my wife and family and probably those around me, friends as well. So I just I, I felt this tension percolating that I just needed to, to be better. Um, I, then I noticed it with my friends as well. I was in a couple different groups of, of mentors, um, and everyone had the same problem. You know, this, this thing, this device was getting in the way of what they said was most important. So from there, I said, well, let me do some research. You know, what, what is out there? Obviously, there's tips and tricks and ways to, to limit screen time, but I didn't find an actual solution that was just targeted towards families. So not just the, the kids, there's plenty of solutions to you know, limit and filter and restrictions, but nothing that really got the the family aligned. And that led to a point of hope. Like, I actually think there is something that we could put in place that, frankly, has, has solved it for my family. And I think if I can solve it for mine, we can solve it for a lot of others. So that's really where it started was this long journey and kind of a mosaic that came together to say, let's actually go try to build something that can change families. Mm-hmm. And how? Tell us a little bit about your family dynamic, like how many kids, and and when you started this journey. How old were your kids? Yeah, so I've got four kids now. Two are sixteen years old, boy girl twins. I've got a fourteen year old freshman, and then a sixth grader as well. So we're right in that middle school to high school age. Now, when this journey started was three four years ago, so they were all kind of middle school to top end of elementary school. And I think I just saw the future. You know, I, I I wasn't a good role model, and I knew that they had learned probably bad habits from watching me. And I thought, look, you know, kids are a lot of what they, you know, the habits they develop are primarily based on what they see, right, versus what they hear. And I thought, man, we've got to, I've got to be better for my family, and I've got to make my family better. And that's really what led to this this passion, this purpose to start down this path. And did your kids at the time you were really going down this path? 
did they have their own phones, their own laptops? And, you know, like, were there battles each day? Like, that's what I find families are always like, oh, my God, the, these screens are. How how was your household during that time before you, you know, when you were getting to the discovery part of your journey? Yeah, it's such a great question. My, my friend at Screen Sanity, Tracy Foster, always says that, you know, screen time is the number one battleground in most families. And I agree. Now, at, at that time, it wasn't phones. They didn't have devices. But they did have, you know, laptops or iPads for school. The boys in particular, you know, consoles, whether it was a, you know, Nintendo or Xbox or, or something like that. Um, you know, that's where they could get lost for several hours. But, you know, the, the thing about a phone, and then again, this was like seeing into the future is, you know, this is your constant companion. You know, for most of us, unfortunately, and the data supports this, it says that 91% of us keep our phones on us 24-7. Right, so it's either in our pocket. It's crazy, either in our pocket, on our person, or beside our bed. And 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 I I can attest to that. So I thought, look, if if my kids are going to be successful with these devices, I've got to help them understand the power of them, and also give them the ability to put them put them down every once in a while. Okay, well, I can understand that journey. I was on it myself. So RO really is that. RO was meant to be a very, we call it a hyper-practical solution that makes it easy for families to put their phones down and kind of re-engage or, or engage in real life. And you said it at the outset, it consists of an app. So we are pro-technology, we're pro-phone. Again, this is a technology company. We don't we don't hearken for the days of the past where the phone's sitting on the wall and you know we're playing board games every night, although that's amazing. Um, we're more realistic that you know, modern times have emerged, and we have to learn to live with these wonderful, captivating uh, devices. So we've taken an app. We've we've done. We've layered in everything we know about motivational system design to make it fun, make it rewarding, um, and make it you know even nudge and encourage people to use the product along the way. And that's one aspect of the product. The other is a place, and this is really the power behind it, if, if you think about habit formation, everything starts with a visual cue. So if anyone has a, you know, an exercise bike, if you put it down in the dungeon in your basement, if you have a basement, you know, you're probably not going to ride it. But if you walk past it every day, whether it's guilt or encouragement, you're more likely to hop on. And, and that was our theory here. And again, we've, we've read a bunch of books on this and studied, but we knew there needed to be something that lived in a home, in a high traffic area, that became that cue to say, oh, I don't really need this thing right now, or we've defined family dinner is sacred, or my morning is sacred, and this is where my device goes and I'm not using it. And then those two, of course, work in tandem together. So when you put your, your phone in, into the R home device, yeah, it tracks I, We haven't really described to my, my listeners what the device is. Yeah. You want it's, to tell it them? Is a, it is a, it's, it's a packed, te- it's a tech-packed um, we'll call it a smart box, but it's a beautiful aesthetic. It's wife approved or husband approved. It, it fits in <laughs> your home decor. And this, this is a funny, look, all of us have shoe boxes, right? Or drawers. We could put our phones away if we wanted to, but they're not calling to us, right? So we want to create something that said, Hey, Heath, Hey, Mary, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for you to put your phone in. So that's kind of the idea behind it is to make this beautiful device, uh, that in a way stands out, but also fades away in your home environment, but it's tech packed. When you put your phone in, it automatically recognizes your phone to say, hey, that's Heath's phone. Um, let's start tracking all of his off-screen time. And really, that's what we're measuring is your intentional time away from your phone. Apple can tell you how much time you're on your phone. We want you to understand and engage and motivate you based on the time you're spending away from it. Yeah, I love it. You really flipped the whole measure. 
because we're always exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I get the little uh, message each week or whatever how much percent screen time I've I've gone more or less than the last week. But it's like, well, okay, I do feel a little better when it says it's less, but I'm not really tracking it any other way. It's not. It's not that fun. To, it's to not hear fun, it. it's like, and, and it's just a little nudge once a week. It is. And, you know, there's so many loopholes to it. If you're up, you know, on a four hour trip and you need to use, you know, Waze or, or Google Maps, all this in your oh, screen right, time's yeah. way up. So there's some things that'll make it optimal. With ours, it's intentional, right? So you're intentionally putting it down. So for me, I can look back on my app and say, hey, over the past three weeks, I've had 13 hours of uh, family dinners. I've done my, you know, journal and devotional every morning. I've put, I've had my phone sleeping in this device at night, so I track every you know every intentional act uh, that I'm engaging in, and to me that's rewarding to be able to look back and say, wow, look at all these things that I said I was going to do, and I'm actually doing them. And when I do forget, I get a little encouragement from Mara to say, hey, we miss you. Come back. Let's try it again. Oh, okay. You get a text. It's it's a it's it's a notification within the app. Okay, notification yeah. within the app. And then how do you? Like as you put it in, let's say it's dinner time, and the you know four people put their phones in the in the box because it's it literally is a box, a tech box, yeah. like you said. Um, how do they know? How does the box know or the app know that it's dinner time? Like you're pre-programmed that in like the normal times for dinner. Or, you know, we're you know. not to that level of specificity yet. So actually, when you take your phone out, so when you've engaged in an RO session, let's call it, and you remove your phone, it's going to ask you, "What did you do?" Oh. Okay. So you can one tap start to say like, this was dinner, this was family time, this was even watching TV without a second screen. So it kind of becomes your own personal journal based on what's important to you. Okay. And then each person can look at their records of of their own time. And then how how does it impact the family? Um, I get the impression, I haven't used the app myself yet, but that you as dad can look at everybody's or can everybody look at everybody's? And there's something about contests and stuff like that that you were talking about. You know, we can make it competitive or the family can make it competitive if they like. I think as the kids get older, that becomes something that that's interesting. Um, we've had parents who tie an allowance to, you know, the amount of time their kids spend uh, in RO. So there's different ways to motivate them that way. I would say overall, though, this isn't meant to be a parental control device. In fact, I would argue it's a great equalizer in the family. We find, especially with young kids, let's call it two to 10, it's almost become the reverse. It's become a reverse parental control device where they will, where they will take you know, their parents' phones and say, hey, I'm putting your phone away so that you can look at me, right? Because they don't know any better. They don't know that this thing, they just see a phone for what it is, and that is the distraction you know, to playtime or the distraction to your attention. So it's yeah. been kind of fun to see just the, the different use cases, depending on, again, that age range of the kids. Yeah. And when we were um, talking the other day in prep for this, we were talking about that age range, what's what's uh, an appropriate age range. And at the beginning of the podcast, I said, this is kind of more like preschool through peaking into middle school. Um, when I was describing to my, some of my friends in the teen parenting community at my church, they're going like, oh, that'd never work for my, you know, because <laughs> teen behavior is so ingrained and there's so many battles going on that there's this influential time that parents have. And and when you and I talked about it, you're like, yeah, we've noticed that. And you had a, a bit of a surprise as as users are starting to use that. Explain what it is that you guys have been finding. Yeah, we did. I mean, initially, we thought the perfect target market would be families with kids in that 11 to 14 year old range. 
So right before or you know, right at the outset of them getting their own device, um, actually it's been way downstream. It's been parents with young kids who want to start that process early of instilling the right habits in their family, primarily from a role modeling perspective. So that by the time you know Johnny or Susie gets a phone, like, oh, this is how we use these things. I, I think back to, you know, my kids, I've got two drivers now, right? So who do they take their cues from? Mom and dad. And unfortunately, I look back at some of the ways that I used to model to them, even, you know, taking shortcuts or running through a yellow light or those types of things like, wow, okay. So I've basically taught them like, this is the way you drive, right? So the next time I get onto them about, hey, you shouldn't drive too fast or, you know, you really need to stop on yellow. They're like, well, wait a minute, dad, you know, you do that. But I will tell you, um, we, again, we have three teenagers in high school right now. What has been really interesting is that kids still crave connection. So even my high schoolers, when they have friends over, they will seek, they'll, they'll sneak upstairs and say, Hey mom, Hey dad, can you just come down maybe at 11 PM and ask everyone to put their phones away? Because they know the conversations, the things they do when the phones are away are so much different. Now they won't be overt about it. They won't be the ones telling their friends to put their phones down. But this device has become a little bit of a kind of a beautiful scapegoat for them to have the ability to connect on a different level. They also use it for homework. So if they're trying to lock in for you know study or or a group project, they'll all put their phones away. So I'd say there actually are some use cases, even for those kids or teenagers, let's call it, that have had two or three years of kind of unfettered access. You know, it's it is more difficult to change behavior than it is to instill behavior. But even there, I've seen some great wins already. Yeah. And I think that all that, you know, all that being said, I think it's your connection with your kids, no matter what their age is, is will they trust you to like, okay, you're 16 Mm -hmm. and I know that you can drive and all that kind of stuff. But we as a family want to figure out how to make a more positive relationship with these electronic devices in our house so that we have family time, so that we have time to play board games or whatever. Um, I just, I love that. And when my, um, one, my, my younger son was still in high school, and I was testing out something for the parenting work that I do. And I said, hey, Joe, would you put this on your phone for a week? And he's like, sure, Mom, I'll do it for a week. He didn't want to do it forever. But he was <laughs> like, we had a trusting enough relationship that he knew I wasn't going to abuse it and that it was, uh, you know, a positive thing to um, experiment together. And I I find that if parents are able to have that loving, trusting relationship— mm. That you could even get a 16-year-old to do. Your 16-year-olds are doing it, yes? Yeah, yeah, Pretty much? And Yeah, and, and we do have some rules layered on top of that as well. So they are doing it um, you know, on their own accord. At the same time, we do say, hey, the Wilson family does not sleep with our phones in our bedroom, right? And we're going to lead by example. Like, we're going to put our phones in there as well. If, you know, there's an extenuating circumstance, if there's a parent that's ill, or if our kids are out late, like, then we may keep our phones closer, but on the, the standard routine nights, all of us put our phones downstairs. And I can tell you as a dad, knowing that my teenagers don't have their phone in their room and are not, you know, wasting four and five hours on something, I, I sleep much better. Yeah. I mean, even if it's just that one part of the day, maybe dinner time and overnight time, what a, what a blessing. Because some kids are up till two, three in the morning doing scrolling through TikToks and YouTubes and I mean, it's all addicting. It's meant to be addicting. Um, tell us a little bit about your co-founder, um, Joel, and what his relationship to his kids is, are and how it's going for his family. 
Yeah, so Joey is. Um, oh, sorry, you can't. No, he's good. You can't see him, but he's six foot five, and I'm five foot ten. He has long hair, and I'm bald. So we're kind of a funny, <laughs> funny mix to look at. Um, we met actually at a men's um, church group one morning at breakfast um, seven or eight years ago. He was in the real estate business. I was still uh, leading a tech company, but we just connected on a personal level. He has a couple kids. His his. Uh, Son is fourteen, his daughter's twelve, so they're in that you know, middle school, um, middle school range. And he just felt the same way I did. He felt a lot of tension around you know his own personal failures, and I think we both just saw an opportunity to to bend culture a little bit. And again, we started you know the evolution of this business was very simple beta tests. Like we literally took a shoebox early on and punched a <laughs> hole in it and said, "Hey, will we start using this thing?" And it you know it evolved well beyond that. But as we started to get a little more confidence in, you know, the solution, the feedback we got from clients um, or from people testing it, he just said, look, this is something we've got to, we've got to give it a go. Um, and actually we were both living in Atlanta at the time. I moved to, to Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, he ended up moving, moving his whole family to pursue this as well about six months ago. So we are all in, as they say, in terms of, you know, getting this thing launched and um, trying to make a dent in the universe. Cool. So tell me a little bit about how it works um, in terms of like there's uh, you pay an upfront le- uh, monthly, you know, say yeah. how that works. Well, we we fully expect this to be a, you know, a longer term relationship. You don't just solve this, right? Habits, like if, you've, if, if you're good at exercising or eating well, this is something that's a lifelong journey um, and there's ebbs and flows. So we knew this couldn't be a one time purchase because we'd have no connection to our to our customers afterwards. Um, we set it up to be more of a subscription or a subscription platform, a membership platform, where the fee is a monthly fee um, with an annual commitment. And I like that. This is my history. I had a, a, a business that was also built that way in the past. But I like it because it aligns our interests as you know business owners to continue to innovate. I mean, what the app looks like today and what it does today will be different in six months and different in you know, 12 months and six years. So it will continue to gather that you know customer feedback and be able to make it even better and the experience even better for our customers. So we built it that way just to align the interest uh, of, of the business and our customers. So it's easy to get started. It's um, you know as low as $12 a month if you want to sign up for a longer term, $18 a month if you want to pay on a monthly basis for that first year. Much like you would get with a, you know, meditation app or your streaming services. We try to put it in line uh, with those. You get the home device, you know, for free with that subscription. Uh, and now we're looking into the future to say, all right, what, how else can we build this into people's lifestyle? Because this really isn't a product company. It's more of a lifestyle company. You know, it's a lifestyle around intentionality and aligning yeah. those actions with intentionality. Yeah. Some, and, and some of the early feedback we've heard is this works so great at home. I need a solution once I step out the front door. <laughs> oh, to right? bring it to the office. Could be the office. Maybe. Could be a, could be date night. Could be out at the soccer field. Uh, ah. You know, could be at the airport. But you know, just something tangible that allows you to you know get into this focused state or you know undistracted yeah. state. So you guys are still researching maybe different ways to expand that. We're researching. You know, we're testing stuff internally as well. But it, uh-huh. you know, what's really interesting, Mary, is. And, and this is a little bit of an unexpected learning. People really enjoy getting credit. So it's one thing for me to put my phone down for a couple hours, right? I might feel good about it. 
for a second, but when I get to see it and get credit for it and everyone else in my family knows that I've done it, there's just something, there's something to that. And we would ask, we would say, Hey, how do you feel after you have an RO session? And everyone said the same thing. They said, I'm so proud of myself. Now I always say that's that a little bit ridiculous. You get a pat ridiculous. on the back for having left it in the box as opposed right. to, oh yeah, I was at the store and I didn't pull out my phone while I was bored in line or something. You know, exactly. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah. I like it. Well, our our technology in our pocket is so addicting and it's so like whenever whenever we're bored as adults, it's not just our kids like, oh, I think I'll look at the weather. I think I'll look at what the news feed is, you know, like I'm kind of a news hound. So I'm always pulling out my, and I'm like, ever since talking to you a week ago, I'm like, I'm going to try just personally without a device, you know, without your assistant, just to be a little more intentional about it. And it's like, and my little number from, you know, I have an Apple device. So it said your, your use went down last week. I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, nice. (laughs) But just to show that like, if I'm more conscious of it, I can say like, huh, did I have to look at the weather again? I already looked at it, you know, twice today or whatever it was. But um, yeah, training, training ourselves and modeling for ourselves to um, get some credit for the fact that we're trying. Sort of like, you know, people go on diets and they want to see that weight come off. It's like, I want to see that my family's changing for the better. It's so Um, true. And, you know, phone usage is a little bit like a yawn effect, right? It's why when you're bored, you're looking at your phone or at the airport, you see everyone else doing it. So it's almost... Again, it's almost natural, second nature right. to do that. So, in a, you know, we were at the lunch the other day as a team, and we all put our phones in a pouch um, just so we could, you know. And, and we laughed because we said, who would have thought that in 2023, we would look like the oddballs in the restaurant? Because everyone else was on their phone looking at us like, what are you guys doing? What in the world yeah. are you doing? Yeah. So now you have to come up with an electronic pouch to take to dinner out at a restaurant with your family. That's <laughs> right. Like all we'll sorts of really options so everyone sees available. That's right. <laughs> so true. Are any other any other things we didn't cover that you think would be really helpful for people to know? Well, I would just say if you have kids, yeah, I, I mean, we we say this often. If you have kids and you think those kids will have a device one day, which they probably <laughs> will. Um whether it's RO or not, I would encourage you to put in place the right practices as the leaders of the family. RO makes it a whole lot easier, certainly, but they are looking to you. And by the time they get that device, you know their interaction is going to be based on how you've been modeling it for a number of years. So start early because who knows? You know, ten years from now, who knows what the devices look like? I'm, <laughs> I hope it's not something we're wearing or implanted. But um, you know, we can set that set that example today. Yeah, and I totally think that starting early is always my <laughs> my mantra of like it doesn't get easier. And anything that you can do to help form positive habits, especially I like your idea of having it be a little bit gamified where you can have a contest in your family to see who's, you know, spending the most time off their phones instead of, mm. you know, yelling at them for being on their phones. So Thanks for joining me, Heath. It's been yes. so insightful. I am going to put your um, contact information for goarrow.com on my um, 
podcast link. And I also wanted to mention for those of you who are looking for more information about screens, take a listen to some other podcasts that I have. 11 and 12 are on screen time battles and what to do about them, how to set up some personal habits in your own homes and and what's happening with social media and stuff. And then um, podcast 44, it's my interview with Emily Churkin, whose her nickname is the screen time consultant. She offers a class on how to deal with screen time addictions in your family if things are out of control. So Using a lot of the different resources out there, you can really improve your family situation. And I'll put links to those podcasts and to RO, you know, go RO onto the show notes. Thanks so much, Heath, for being with me. Everybody, that's all for now. Have a blessed rest of your day. 